Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. Hello, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Hamid. And thank you for joining us today. So, Hamid, we have finally reached the point where we're starting to talk a bit more about musculoskeletal stuff. Yeah, yeah we've sort of talked through a lot of the basic concepts now. Yeah. And now we're going to you know, define a little bit more terminology to make future episodes uh, make you know make them more, make more sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, what's the topic today? So today we're going to talk about the basic anatomy or the terminologies that you're going to come across in uh, musculoskeletal. Sure. So essentially, this is the the topic to listen to if you don't know much about you know muscles and joints and what they're what the an anatomical structures mm. of these guys are yeah. made up of. So okay, um, we're going to cover different joints we're going to talk about cartilages we're going to talk about ligaments and tendons the differences between them frankly before we had this lecture i had no idea yeah i didn't know either yeah so yeah okay um so let's talk about joints first well well, what is a joint well a joint is basically a connection or a space or a junction that is between two bones yeah that's right exactly and Mm -hmm. you've got different types of joints don't you Um, i think there's predominantly three types of joints yep. that, that I've found. What, what well, can you name? I think the first one I think it is worth knowing is um, f- fibrous joints, also yep. known as um, synarthrosis. Yeah, yeah, synarthrosis. Yep. And that's sort of um, uh, a joint where you might expect between two bones, uh, like the sutures of the of the brain, so the lamboid suture or yep. um, the coronal sutures that you oh, might nice. find, find on the skull. Yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, it, and it's just a very, over time, it just becomes a really tight seal and the mm. bone is almost very difficult to to pull apart from no there. movement at all no that. movement yeah. from on, on mm. that joint yeah. what's the example of uh, like pubic symphysis uh, is a type of yeah. it's the next type isn't it this is called a cartilaginous joint yeah um in other words the, the other name for it is an amphiarthrosis yes so there's slight movements a, a little bit of slight movements but these guys are joined by fibrocartilages and um what they do is like the reason why I say there's slight movement is because, you know, when females, they give birth, birth yeah. it, it does have to accommodate a little bit yeah. for, for like a child to pop pop through. Exactly. Mm. And also, I think you can find that in the ribs as well. And yeah, I mean, the ribs are very, very solid, but there is mm. still a little bit of room for pivoting of the thorax as well. Mm. Um, but I think the next joint we're about to talk about is yep. very important. Yeah. Um, do you know what that is? So that's a diarthrid diarthrodial joint or actually who calls it by that it's the synovial synovial is the one that i've always heard yeah um and that is predominantly going to be the focus of most of the talk because it's so important Mm. so synovial joints uh as the name suggests have a synovial membrane Mm -hmm. they also have this cavity inside the capsule so the capsule is the structure that surrounds the joint and gives it that strength And inside that cavity is synovial fluid. Um, as we mentioned, there's a joint um, capsule. Yep. But the reason it's important is that it has lots of movement ranges, doesn't it? And do you want to may- maybe mention some examples of movements? Yeah. So these synovial joints can be classified either according to the movement that they do. Or... I think there's six different types of movements. Yeah. So we'll mention maybe three that are mm. important. So these ones, they could be, uh, or it could be according to the shape. And so they could be either like a ball, be a ball and socket joint which you would find in your uh, shoulder joint as well as your hip joint yep or you could find a saddle joint i think that's uh, off the top of my head that's where your thumb is connected i think so yeah, yeah. and yeah. um you can have hinge joints as well that would be your elbow yeah yeah exactly so i think mm-hmm. if you're familiar as well with hinge ball and socket and saddle mm-hmm. they're the really important ones that were conveyed to us when we were learning um mm-hmm. uh, about this topic yeah now let's talk about the synovial joint in a little bit more detail because we mentioned a few important 
yep. terminology. Let's expand on that a little bit more. So let's mm. start with the synovium. What yep. is the synovium? So the synovium is a layer of membrane, and we'll have to go slightly, zoom us slightly out a bit. With a synovial joint, you've got a capsule. The capsule that surrounds this joint has two layers. The outer layer is called a fibrous layer. Yep. The inner layer is called the synovial membrane. Yes. And so of the synovial membrane, it has two other layers again. The outer layer is called the subintima, and the inner layer is called the intima. Yep. This is the structure. So these two layers are what we refer to as the synovium. And on the inner layer, the intima layer, you've got synovial sites. And these guys are three cell layers thick, and what they do is that they secrete hyaluronic acid that's right yeah yep. and we mentioned hyaluronic acid numerous times in our previous episodes when we talk about cartilage and when we mm. talk about connective tissue the reason this is important is mm. i guess actually let's talk about synovial fluid because that yep. kind of explains why this is important yeah so do you want to maybe expand on what is what you know we yep. mentioned that it's fluid inside these joints um, yep. inside the capsule mm. um which is surrounded by the synovial membrane yeah so what is this synovial fluid so the synovial fluid itself is a ultra filtrate of blood. Yeah. So it is viscous, mm-hmm. and that viscous property is contributed to by the hyaluronic acid that's secreted by the synovial that's right. sites. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's two main functions to it: it's to lubricate and to provide nutrient transport to the cartilages within the um the the uh, the joint. Because we mentioned that the cartilage mm-hmm. in our previous episode really doesn't have any blood yep. supply, and so mm-hmm. the only way you can get it is through yep. diffusion. Hammond, do you know how many mils of uh, synovial fluid you could typically find, let's say, in the knee joint? What's crazy is, uh, for some reason, I really imagine much more fluid than actually there is. I think um, our mm. lecturers told us that there's about 0.5 to one and a half mils, which is <laughs> yeah. nothing. Like when you inject fluid into the joint, like yeah. you know, corticosteroids, I'm assuming you're injecting at least two mils, yeah. which blows my mind. That it, I expected much more fluid mm. compared to what, what I w- was told. I would have guessed 15, but yeah, 1.5, man. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. Now, the question is, what are some of the... We mm. won't... I want to mention it, but I want to. I don't, let's not go into detail because that you know it's going to be a topic on itself. But what are some pathologies associated with a, a synovium? Mm. So, well, a synovium, you, if it gets inflamed, it inflamed, it could be called a synovitis. Yeah. And an example of that is a rheumatoid yes. arthritis. Isn't it? And I think this deserves its own topic, so we'll just leave it at that. But keep yep. an eye. You know, these different regions that we're going to talk about can essentially have pathologies like that. We hope to expand in future episodes. Mm. So once we've talked about so we've talked about the capsule and how inside the capsule you have the synovial membrane. Yep. And inside the capsule there's a cavity filled with synovial fluid. Yep. Now let's talk about the articular cartilage, which is a type of cartilage. Mm-hmm. And remember, there's different types of cartilage. Mm. Um, and if you guys are not sure, have a listen to our previous episode on, on cartilage and bone. Yep. So let's talk about articular cartilage. Firstly, where is it found? Articular cartilage is found only on the ends of the bones and that's where the two bones are articulating um the reason for their existence is to provide a smooth trans uh to reduce friction between two bones and prevent any uh rubbing and um wearing and tearing between these two when they articulate so like shock absorbance as well as that yeah exactly when you jump up and down and then when they clash together Mm. i guess i don't think they're meant to contact each other but yeah they're they're meant to they're they're if they do, I guess they, they have a shock absorption. That's right, too. yeah. Mm. And as we mentioned about cartilages in general, you've got both fibers and you have got extracellular uh, um, and ground substance that 
combine together to form the extracellular matrix. Yeah. And chondrocytes are the cells that are producing mm-hmm. the cartilage. Now, in articular cartilage, you have type 2 collagen, which is mm-hmm. very... Uh, it's Another name for it is elastic, um, co- elastic-like collagen fibers. And these provide you know, mm. strong tensile sort of framework that helps cushion the joint. Yeah. And you have the proteoglycan co- component as well. Mm. But as we mentioned, there's no blood vessels either. So healing is problematic. There's yeah. no nerves. So whenever you, people complain about joints, I don't think it's actually the joints hurting. Mm. It's the surrounding structures that are mm. um, causing the pain. And like we mentioned, cartilage or chondrocytes get their nutrition through diffusion via the synovial fluid. Yeah. Now, let's expand on maybe mm. the proteoglycans again, um, yep. just to really cement, send that message home. So mm. tell me about proteoglycans. So proteoglycans are a component of the ground substance, and they are secreted by chondro, uh, chondrocytes to... Um, I, I would actually imagine it would be more like chondroblasts from... from yeah, it might be, yeah. But yeah. Okay, so they're secreted by the, the cells that's within the cartilage. And they can they can contain either chondroitin or keratin sulfate. And I think they can contain both, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, they've got a I think it's a protein backbone, and then they they've got these filaments that come out, and then you've got chondroitin and keratin sulfate that that are um, coupled onto it. Yeah. Um, I think you could Google up a picture and then have a look and see, yeah. see what I mean by that. But Hamid, you always had a really good way of explaining why this is important. So these yeah. are, I think, predominantly negatively charged. So they repel one another. Mm-hmm. And so they create these gaps in between due to that, you know, spaces in between um, various branches of proteoglycan. And that space enables water to then fill that space okay? because there's this empty cap, uh, empty space between the, these branches um, due to that repelling force and that repelling force also attracts water because of the negative charge. Mm. And so that's when you get a, a lot of the water associated with the proteoglycans. Um, now, loss of proteoglycans leads to thinning of the, I guess, the articular cartilage mm-hmm. and that means that there's more force transferred between the bones underneath. Oh. And so that can be pathological in nature. And, and an example of that would be an osteoarthritis, which we'll leave it at that. But yeah. keep that in the back of your mind when we talk about it in the future. But We yeah. haven't mentioned the structure of cartilage, have we, though? The different layers. Let's talk quickly about the different mm. layers as well, because that's important. Okay, so we're talking about the articular cartilage transitioning into the bone. Yeah. And yeah. so there are a few layers that you could know about. Um, there's a superficial layer on top. And then as we go further deeper into it, you've got an intimate layer, a deep layer, then you've got a calcified cartilage layer, and then underneath that, that's the subchondral bone. The important uh, structures that are within these parts is that in the superficial layer, the collagen fibers run horizontally or transversely along the top layer. Yeah. As you go further deeper into it intermediately, these collagen fibers, they run in any particular direction. And then as you go further deeper into it, these collagen fibers start to line up vertically along the bone. And then they embed themselves into the calcified cartilage. And interestingly, there's this location on histologically that you need to know is between the deep and the calcified cartilage layer, there's this line called the tide mark. And I believe we haven't gone through this per se with lectures, but I suspect a, a tall and a thinner tide mark or the, the, the width of this tide mark could mean something later on in pathology. I think the tide mark also is important because yeah. it, 
denotes the calcified where you transition to calcified cartilage mm. so you know that you're approaching the bones underneath the cartilage i think that's Actually, that, that could be it. it's it's another important feature to okay. keep in mind yep. but yeah that's a very good point mm. now do you want to add anything else about cartilage um well one thing that you mentioned was that I just wanted to spell out was that, you know, you said loss of proteoglycans meant a thinner cartilage and then some pressure is transferred into the bone. Yep. And the thing was that bone, unlike cartilage, cartilage doesn't have sensors, but bone does. Yes. So bone can sense it and that's when you can sense pain. Yeah, that's mm. when the pain starts to occur. Yeah. So okay, in addition to the synovial, in the synovial region, so we mentioned that there's cartilage, we mentioned that there's a synovial membrane, we mentioned that there's this outer capsule. Yeah. There's also in some joints a structure called the meniscus. Yeah. Particularly, it, it's really important for the knees. Mm. Can you explain what the meniscus is? So a meniscus is a intra-articular body. And there are lots of different types of intra-articular bodies. Yep. So what that means is that there are a lot of other joints in the body that have other things that are stuffed inside that little capsule in that like 1.5 to 1 mil space <laughs> yeah but in this case a meniscus is this type of body that's found in the knee and if you look at the knee joint on the fibula with the condyles they're round whereas on the tibia, uh, tibia you've got a flat surface and so what this meniscus does is that it converts that flat surface and gives it a bit more of a groove. Because so, you can't have something flat on yeah. something round. It's just going to slip off. It's yeah, just exactly. Sense. So it, it deepens this articular groove so that the fibula, sorry, the uh, femur, femur yeah. the femur fits into the um, into the tibia. More snugly, I think. Mm -hmm. Obviously, meniscus is not going to form this beautiful cup shape that surrounds it. No. But it gives that a little bit more of a curvature, yeah. and it enables the supporting ligaments to call, you know, provide further stability. Yeah. Now I mentioned ligaments we'll, we'll mm. talk about that in a second is there anything else that you want to talk about oh actually so yeah with the meniscus right um it's made up of fiber cartilages yeah and also another interesting thing about it is that this cartilage actually has some what 25 percent of uh vascularity i think only in the knee though the knee is, a, is mm. an anomaly um normally because it's mm. inside the synovium there is no blood vessels there but mm. for some reason the knee Meniscus, has, yeah. The knee meniscus has access to blood supply, so, which is a good news. You know, mm, why would that be good? Because that means that the meniscus can a torn meniscus and can actually get repaired. Exactly. Yep. So that's why knees can actually, you know, if you tear your meniscus in the knee, it can actually heal itself. Nice. Now I mentioned that was a bit of a slip up. I accidentally mentioned ligaments. Okay. So now we're moving out of the synovial joint and the capsule, and we're talking about structures that might be surrounding the capsule. And one of them yep. is a ligament, isn't yep. it? What's a ligament? So a ligament is a connection that links bone to bone. And I came across this really silly way to remember it. Okay, yeah, okay. love to hear it. Bone and bone. So it's B, B, and in between these two Bs is an L. So yep. it's spelled B-L-B. On Loki, it kind of reads like blob. Oh, it does? <laughs> yeah. But it will come later when there's a similar method when it comes to tendon that makes that makes cool. sense. But right now, B-L-B reads blob i'll remember that so blb um so yeah so it attaches yep. a bone to another yep. bone yeah and like you mentioned it's similar to a tendon but there's some differences between them what's it um sort of made from uh it's made up of rows of fibroblasts yep uh with an extracellular matrix mainly of type one collagen fibers. okay Yep, yep, exactly. And it also has uh, elastin as well. Yeah, so it gives it a bit more tensile strength and flexibility. Mm. But the only... Yeah, so you've got this tense, you know, this elasticity. But if you deform the tendon by greater than 10%, so the mm -hmm. deformation of greater than 10%, that could cause a tear. Huh. Now, 
I didn't realize what a tear is called. You know, when people complain, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've sprained my ankle. Yeah. Technically, that then you know, I think they mentioned, you know, it's the technical use of it means that you've actually teared a ligament in your ankle. Huh. Um, so a sprain, I think, is an injury to a ligament, and predominantly yep. that injury is a tear. Particularly when there's ten percent deformation. That is really cool, and I think that's really important to be accurate and judicious with what you what terminologies you use. So sprains are with ligaments. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about tendons because they're so related. Um, What's a tendon? So a tendon, unlike a ligament, a tendon links muscles to bone. Yeah. Okay. And so this time with my silly uh, mnemonic that I came across was that um, bone tendons and muscles btm okay yeah kind of reads like bottom oh uh, yeah yeah but if, okay. if you slot l between a b and an m that doesn't read anything so yeah yeah if you're really struggling like i do sometimes and after two months of not reading something i forget which one's which again if you do <laughs> that hopefully that and I'm, I'm hoping that will help me remember it i'm sure it would um yeah all right so now what i found really interesting is mm-hmm. that tendons Kind of, you know how we mentioned in our muscle episode about how, you know, you can zoom out on a muscle and mm. the muscle has a belly. And then if you keep zooming in, you know, yep. increasing the power of a microscope, mm. you can divide the muscle into smaller and smaller structures. Yes. And the same thing applies to the tendon. And what's interesting is that it kind of makes sense because yep. tendons attach muscles onto bone. So tendons are this intermediate connection. And like muscles, they've got these different layers as well that we can talk about. So yep. let's talk about from, let's say, 1,000 times zoom, and then let's zoom out uh, onto onto the tendon. Yep. So what do we have? Okay. The, the most simplest structure in a tendon. Well, I guess you can have the collagen molecule, and they form a triple helix into a um, collagen fibril, I think. Yep. And these guys bundle up together. And form a thicker collagen fiber, don't they? Yep. And these guys bundle up again. So form, the collagen fibers bundle yep, up again, yeah. To form a primary fiber bundle. Yep. And that's wrapped in an endotenon to form a secondary fiber bundle. Which is also called the fascicle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. And so the fascicle itself gets wrapped up and then lots of different fascicles make... Uh, so wrapped up by an endotenon again. A lot of different fascicles bind together to form a tertiary fiber bundle also known as a confusingly yeah yeah and so then that tertiary fiber bundle once again wrapped up in an endotenon a few of them bind together to form the tendon unit exactly and that's the gross structure of a tendon when you zoom that and let's say 10 times magnification and the tendon unit on the outer layer is surrounded by the epitenon yeah perfect now i guess you guys are probably wondering why i'm mentioning this because each Mm. of these components can potentially have a pathology associated with them yeah um which you know brings about some of those soft tissue pathologies that we might cover in the future yeah so you mentioned um the paratenon and you mentioned the epitenons actually i didn't mention paratenon so oh, didn't above you? above the epitenon oh, yeah you didn't there is paratenon yep. which is um this fatty areola tissue that connects the tendon to surrounding tissues yeah 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 okay. sorry about that yeah, i think yeah, you mentioned no, it yeah let's talk about um mm-hmm. uh, enthesis enthesis as well because that's another uh, term that's mentioned um do you remember what that was about uh the enthesis wasn't that the junction where tendons or ligaments insert themselves into bones i think that's what it is yeah, yeah. so it's the connected tissue between the tendon ligaments and the bone yeah now the, you can have two different types of um, uh, enthesis. So oh. the first type is, I think, a fibrous enthesis. Yep. And that's where 
you know, collagen uh, tendons or the ligaments directly attached to the bone. Okay. But you can have a fibrocollagenous emphasis, and that's a slightly different. Do you want to explain that? Because I think you've got yeah. four layers uh, mm. or four uh, regions yeah. before the attachment occurs. So I think they were kind of similar to how collagen in itself... Well, I, I don't know. When I, when I was reading it, it just seemed quite similar to how collagen goes into bone. Cartilage. Oh, sorry, goes into bone. Cartilage yeah. goes into bone. Sorry, yeah. Cartilage goes into bone. So you've got a outer layer is the tendinous layer so then, the first one is a tendon yeah yeah then it goes into a fibrocartilaginous layer then it goes into a calcified fibrocartilage yeah. and then you hit the bone Boom. that's right kind of mm -hmm. yeah like the different zones that you might find yeah. on the cartilage yeah so that's the only important thing is that sort of that in, in between tissue um mm -hmm. that facilitates uh attachment yeah and now, another thing sorry, yeah. about the emphasis was that these guys the area where they join uh, where muscle, uh, ligaments and uh, tendons join to the bone, that they are common sites for this thing called a spondyloarthropathy. Yeah, um, we'll cover that later on when when we come across this disease. But I, I think that was something interesting to keep in mind. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's great. And I guess we, we, I, it would be remiss of us not to mention mm. pathologies of tendons yep. can be re, re, referred to as tendinosis. Tendinosis. So there's not itis in this. So previously, you know, yep. it was commonly met, you know referred to as tendonitis. Yep. I think there's consensus now that there is really a, not a massive significant inflammatory process at play, yep. and so you don't expect to see in tendinosis inflammatory cells. It's predominantly de degeneration and um, loss of collagen and disorganization, which mm. leads to micro tears, just yep. like ligaments. Before we finish mm. off, there's two other things that we need to mention, muscular tendinous junctions and tendon shoots. Let's talk about muscular tendon junctions. That's pretty easy. Yep. So the muscular tendon tendinous junction is the area where the muscle and the tendons meet together. Yeah. These two are different types of tissue and... If you think about it, normally when two different types of tissue, let's say physically join together, I would imagine the joining area could be a potential area of weakness. Yeah. And this is a bit of a problem because the muscle's job is to pull and you don't want the, its job when it pulls to actually cause these two areas to separate. Mm -hmm. So the way they come across and they, the way the body actually gets around this potential problem is that it converts this tensile strength, uh, tensile stress Tensile meaning the stress when you pull two things on uh, a thing on two ends, it converts it into shear stress by folding the membrane multiple times to uh, up to ten to twenty times to increase the surface area so that the stress per contact area is actually less. Yep. So it divides the pressure over a bigger area. Yeah. Look, yep. That's good. Um. Do you mm. have anything else to add to that? Uh. No. I think I think I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So the last. Um, feature that we want to talk about is a tendon sheath and that is not found everywhere it's usually found let's say in the hands or where there's um i think in uh mainly mainly the, the hands ankles as well, and it? i think ankles as well yep. where the tendons can potentially rub against bone yep. so what it is it's just a layer around the tendons um mm. that you know permits the tendons to stretch and not adhere to the or rub against the underlying bone which could potentially lead to tears yep. and so it has um an outer fibrotic layer and an inner synovial layer, which has synovial fluid, so that's why it reduces friction. Essentially, it's a synovial membrane. Yeah, and it just protects the tendons mm -hmm. in those high shear or um, yeah. high uh, friction areas. Yeah, that's really about it yeah. for um, for tendon sheets. Do you have want to add anything? A uh, pathology of that is called tenosynovitis. Yes, and. Um, uh, one interesting thing over actually I, I don't think I've told anyone this story yet. But last holiday I had um 
I had a pain in my my wrist. Oh, okay. And um, someone looked at it and it, they called it Decorvein's tenosynovitis. Oh. Such a long name. Have a quick look of it. What it is? It's very interesting. If you actually hold, tuck your thumb into your um, uh, into oh. your palm, and hold it out in front, and then abduct your wrist so pull it downwards if you actually get a pain along the superior portion of i'm it, doing that as we speak and yeah I'm... um if you have decrovane's tenosynovitis that means that you've got you'll have this huge uh you'll feel a lot of pain along this along okay. this line yeah but yeah so that that was a positive test for me at the time but thankfully i've recovered from it oh that's um, good but yeah decrovane's tenosynovitis interesting yeah Apparently, I was texting too much. Is that right? Yeah, yeah you're a fast texter. Mm. Um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Personal uh, story. Um, with, uh, with all, I don't know <laughs> how many people out there, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a lot of diseases between us. Yes, um, and I think that's a problem with medical students. We tend to misdiagnose we, and overdiagnose we, we ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's it for this episode. Yeah. Thanks for joining in, guys. Um, yeah, yeah uh, join us in our future episode where we uh, start to, you know, talk talk about some diseases i think we're getting to that point aren't we yeah um yeah so yeah join in join us next time when we start talking about diseases hopefully yep thank you guys our episode today was put together by our executive producer gautam and our core editor cindy for notes elective experiences and much more study resources visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on facebook and follow us on twitter If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.